This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the August 23rd edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, Rich Latta, and I am here today, of course, with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, man. Let's just get into it. It's a long show. We got to go. Got to go through all this stuff, so let's do it. Yeah, man. Uh, so, uh, so, so how you feeling, man? Like, uh, you know, we, you know, we had some news, uh, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, you know, you, you sure you want to uh, sign up to uh, cover Monday Night Raw and SmackDown every week? <laughs> you know, you know it's funny that like this was like the best weekend of of WWE that I've seen, or this week weekend, whatever you want to call it, that I've seen since I came back. And like, Wada was the best. Wada was the best. They also did something to me that just like the most mind boggling. Like, what are you doing? Thing that they've uh, they've done since as well. Uh, so uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later with the Becky situation. But like, let's just go through. Uh, the rest of the card or whatever, or the rest of the cards or whatever. I mean, there was a lot of good wrestling uh, over this weekend from WWE. Yeah, man. So um, pretty much what we're, you know, getting at. And first, you know, I'll, I'll tell you guys in a second, but make sure you guys are always rating our show here uh, on your platform of choice. We're independent podcast network. The only way we're going to reach more people is with your help by sharing the show and rating it. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on our podcast network. The Outsiders Edge with Rance and Carl, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, Keeping a Strong Style with Jeremy and Josh, and Grown Men Watch This Shit. Um, <laughs> big announcement this week. So, um, as some of you guys know, um, I have written uh, on Lords of Pain uh, .net on the main page. I want to say since about last November, if I'm not mistaken, and they've reached out, and you know, they meaning you know Chad and everyone else like that. Uh, they've offered uh, me and James a chance to do a show on their network. So this was pretty much the announcement that I wrote up and tweeted out. It went like this. It's with great excitement that I'd like to announce one nation radio, Richard Ladd and James boy will be debuting a show on Lords of pain radio next Tuesday, August 28th, focusing on covering Monday night raw and SmackDown live each week as the most tenured show on the social suplex podcast network. We will remain here as well with, 
our unique uh, takes on the storylines, news stories, and history of wrestling in a more analysis-based format. We'll also do our pay-per-view previews here as well. Um, We're excited about the chance to expand our reach and open the door between both networks for all current and potential listeners. We're not going to be or sound like anyone else and look forward to hosting hosting a show that will be as entertaining as it is informative. So, um, in short speak, we expanding, you know, <laughs> you know, wow. we, 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 we put work on two blocks essentially, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, man. So, um, it, story goes like this, like we were supposed to have a show on Lords of Pain a long time ago, but for whatever reason, uh, that didn't happen until now. Um, but time is everything. So, um, Make sure you guys, if you guys are not subscribed to the Lords of Pain radio, you can type in Lords of Pain or LMP radio, uh, any type of podcast feed. Our show will be on there next Tuesday. Uh, If you guys are listening to One Nation Radio every week, we thank you guys. Um, And we're not going anywhere here. Nothing changes for you guys on this feed. But if you want, you know, more of of me and James, uh, we'll have a show over there as well. James, your thoughts? Um, excited for the opportunity. Uh, you know, got to sound more since we're doing WWE speak. Excited for the opportunity, um, and uh, and uh, you know, just interested, just uh, just really excited to uh, to see what we do next because you know we're kind of this show that we've done. Uh, we've done different styles of trying to you know fly by seat of our pants and come out with actual plan and everything else. And um, you know, we uh, I think we're, I think we'll come up with some interest, especially like now that we're doing two shows. Um, we don't have to like jam pack every single thing into uh, into an episode because that's like what you have for the week. So um, I think I think we'll have fresher eyes and you can kind of see our our take, you know, kind of like our opinions and our, our our viewpoints on things like you know morph over the weeks as more news comes out and also the television shows gives us more stories to follow and and also you know there's I think I think you know I think me and you are are, are a hoot as, as as they like to call it. So I think uh, the more of us talking, more of us interacting together, having conversations is uh will, will you know uh, will brighten up people's day. So yeah, I'm 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 pumped up, hyped if you will, uh for uh for what's in store. For sure, man. Um, and you know, so how it works. Lords of Pain will get the Monday Night Raw and SmackDown TV reviews. We will be talking about NXT on this show, as well as like all the news and you know anything else that comes up here. But um, up next, we're gonna get into uh, the NXT coverage right when we return. Up next, we are going to talk about NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. James, now this show was a great show from top to bottom. Uh, We got plenty to talk about, whether it's the star ratings. uh, Meltzer gave out our personal star ratings. And, you know, everything else that's happened, like with Johnny Gargano and Ciampa, Ricochet, their tag team division, Kyrie Sane, all that jazz. What, What were your overall thoughts on this show, James? Um, I thought, uh, while walking out, or I guess, um, after storming out of Jeremy and Josh's apartment after what they did to Johnny Gargano, <laughs> um, I, I, as I left, as I left, and then I, uh, you know, halfway down the stairs, I, I got my phone charger, walked back up, grabbed my phone charger, walked back out, they laughed harder, the, the rest of the guys, and then as I was driving out of the apartment complex, I, uh, you know, I thought like, damn, this is a really great show. Uh, per is per usual when it comes to NXT, and um, it you know it, it would be really nice to have, you know, uh, the top guy, the top star in the company 
win the title of Biggest Show of the Year as opposed to looking like a plate of piss. But besides that point, I thought, you know, I thought uh, this was the best women's match that we had in what? Probably since uh, Brooklyn 3? For NXT? Yeah, on the on takeovers. Is there anything that was as good as uh, that match we just had? I'm trying to think. What was the women's title match? Uh, going into the Los Angeles one, the War Games show last year, I can't even remember. The uh, War Games was oh, that was the four way oh, for the title that, ba- that was vacated. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. vacated. Th- th- this one's you know up there. Um, I-, I really, I really like both Shannon Baszler and Ember Moon matches, but uh, this is right yeah, up there. Here. Yeah, same here. I just thought this one was just better. Right. Um. I don't, um. Yeah. No, top to bottom, like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, NXT. Undefeated, never lost, uh, as LeBar says. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, I think you had three, like, you know, monster matches and a really good fourth match in, you know, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. You know, EC3 and Velveteen Dream, they did their thing, and it was cool for what it was. But um, uh, the... uh, the, the main takeaway, we can just start with the main event. Johnny Gargano comes up short uh, in his pursuit. Again! Yeah, in his pursuit of the NXT Championship. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa retains. These guys had an absolute war. Um, very creative last man standing match. Very intense. They didn't sell a lot. You know, it doesn't bother me or anything, but uh, it was just something to point out. And... Champa walked away with the win. I, were you expecting this, James? Because I, I, I picked Champa to win. I expected. I, I didn't come with any expectations of somebody winning or not. Uh, my expectation, more or less, that like one person won like a fucking buffoon. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's more or less my expectation. I mean, given where we are with the NXT Championship uh, over the last year, where we've had what uh, we go to Brooklyn three. Um, Bobby Roode to McIntyre to uh, Andrade to Alistair and now to Dude. I mean, we, and we've had five champions in one year. Like, what the hell? I mean, a six, you know, people were saying like a six might be an issue. I don't see that as an issue seeing that I just gave you the list of how many times they changed the title over last year. Uh-huh. That's not what they're really concerned about. But if, if that's who they, if that's who they choose that they want to stand behind and build for, for, you know, whoever, he takes on down the road, fine. I mean, because he's, he obviously he's a great wrestler, and he has, you know, and he, you know, has all the heat in the world. He's also got uh, great theme music. Yes, yes. <laughs> the best theme music in the entire in the entire uh, uh, company. But but yeah, I, I I'm I'm not I'm not a the finishes what threw me off. Like it was a great match, you know, great you know obviously uh, two great guys in heat battle, um, creative stuff as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even think. Like there was so much stuff going on, I can't even think of. It's almost like a, almost like a flurry bit. I can't really think of what what like was the most uh, what I popped for most out of out of the entire show. But uh, I mean, on that entire uh, match. But yeah, just a uh, great match. Just I, I think I think it was a disservice to the finish. I mean, and if the, if the idea is to take Johnny off TV for months on end, and like and to bring him back, I don't know if it's the right thing to bring him back. Like this is his third Brooklyn match. Yeah. Like it's at this point, it's time to move on. Like we, we you know, I want to say like two, you know, two and a half years ago, we were saying like, how much longer is Finn Balor going to be stuck here in NXT and developmental? Mm-hmm. Um, or the third brand, whatever what you, you want to call what, it or both. What do you make of this? Um, like thing? Cause I, Ciampa's doing just such an excellent job as a heel. 
for me, it wasn't the time to take the belt off him just because it was like, yo, he's on another level, like with his antics and just what he's doing right now. But what do you make this thing where folks are, you know, starting to turn on Gargano? Because I know that's your guy and they've made him, he's been such a great baby face, but he's had like a a slight character change um, that is either forced him to be more aggressive. And now at this point, you got to think it's going to drive him to like lunacy at this point. Well, yeah, like, I think I made the comment during the match to y'all that, like, it's to me, I find it hilarious every time uh, Johnny has the advantage and he's, like, you know, going off to, to do something else to the to the um, ringside area to try to turn it into a weapon. They're always trying to weaponize, like, the floor, you know, or, or, the t- or tables and whatnot. Like, every time he goes off and he goes, like, to set something up, you'll see him, like, look up at dude and he's, like, and he look. He gets a scowl on his face, like mother effer. Like he's so mad at this dude. Like, I hate this dude guts. And like I hate that's that you exist. His, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, that has been. That's more or less like what his entire character has been ever since. Uh, John, ever since uh, Buddy has spent on spent on his uh, his wedding ring. Right. Like ever since that moment, he has snapped and he's uncontrollable, and it is ruining his career. And you will hope that like, and, and that's pretty much been the story. The whole entire story these last two matches has not been that in a, in a fair fight one on one that uh, that dude can actually beat Johnny. It's that Johnny keep is keeps self destructing because his rage is overtaking him because of the mind games have been played with him and all and all the stuff and the bitter hate that he has in his heart for this guy. And like that that is a that is a that is a good story. That's a solid story. However, I don't need to see him keep failing over and over and over uh, to get that to get that point through. And like he's, he's done it twice. And they're, you know, they're gonna move him on to or to take him off TV or whatever it seems. I, maybe it's a good, maybe at this point it's a good thing. It's a thing to just keep them away from each other. Like, but they they kind of need to be away from it for a while, yeah. or just like never do it again. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think either they need to run it back once they're on the main roster, um, or just like you know delay this shit all the way till WrestleMania weekend, essentially with uh, Gargano finally beating uh, this guy for the championship or, you know, yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn five. Um, But I think at that point it it would even be overkill. I think it's one of the great um, feuds ever in WWE. Um, I went four and a half on it. Uh, Seems like Meltzer agreed with me Went gave the same uh, grade on it. Um, Another match um, on the show, uh, Ricochet and Adam Cole for the North American Championship. Well, 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 hold on. Hold on. I have to interrupt you. I'm not going to let you slide on you saying that they're going to, you know, maybe they should save for the main roster. Who's saying they're ever going to be on the main roster? Do those two guys like they're weighing 205 pounds to you? I, I remember chuckling during the um, entrance where they said announcing uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa at 218 pounds. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> that's, like, that's Seth Rollins' weight, bro. Yes. Seth Rollins used to weigh like two in the two teams. Look, if you, if you expect me to believe Johnny Gargano was 199 pounds, look. I am no fool, you know. <laughs> I was born that night, but la- but not last night. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they, these guys are, are really small. Um, hopefully, this wasn't it. I, I'd love to see them; those guys fight each other again. I, but it's strange. They've had, um, you know, very similar matches thus far, and it's like I don't want to see them in this like street fight type of environment anymore. I just want to see right. who's, who the better wrestler is at this point. Like, I mean, it, I think, don't you think they're kind of like too far gone for that now? 
at least like right now. The way this company books, I don't think it's ever, um, you know, this is the same company that put a Hell in a Cell match in the middle of a feud, changed the titles on TV with Sasha and Charlotte, and then ended an Iron Man match afterward. And it was just like, I mean, they could go to the cell and you could do that. I mean, but that's a little different because that's WWE. That's main roster WWE being a slave to uh, their, their 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 schedule as opposed to this is NXT. We we don't have a show every single month. When we don't have gimmicks on our show to try to get people to to buy in on a B pay per view that's not in the big four like Money in the Bank or Hell in a Cell or uh, Extreme Rules. So I think they they only have a couple options. I think they have the I Quit or the Hell in a Cell, or they just need to say, Hey, this is never again. Like for the last time we ever gonna run it, it is a straight singles match. Yeah, like I mean, I think I think that would be a good thing, like for them to just say we're not doing this again. Yeah, uh, I just need to know if I can beat you. Like you know, it's it, <laughs> you know whatever. But um, Adam Cole and Ricochet, uh, these guys many, came out I'm here. Sorry, and I'm not stunted. letting this go. I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not letting this go. How many times does Johnny have to lose to this dude while he's handcuffed for you to get get through your mind through your mind and like it's over? This is, don't do this no more. This looks like a fucking fool. This image, just be done with it. How many times is Tugo lose with his hands with just completely just just beaten? This just man, this man Chompa invent new fighting styles out here uh, to handle this man. <laughs> You know, he used that man's own energy against him. Yes. He used that man's own energy against him. Like yes. a real karate artist. Yes. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, moving on now. <laughs> to Adam yeah, Cole. Finally, Look, finally, we're finally letting this go. To Adam Cole Ricochet for the North American Championship. Uh, I think Meltzer went four and a half on it. I was somewhere between 4.25 and four and a half. I didn't know which way to lean. But this match was incredible. Uh, I think it's going to be looked at as like, you know, a great moment for Adam Cole uh, in a singles match, which, you know, has been a rarity in his career. And this is Ricochet just being Ricochet. This is what this guy does. I'm not shocked. He's a super duper star. I'm afraid he's the wrong skin color, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm just going to be happy. Okay. Okay. Because now people are going through people's podcasts and are, and they're, you know, tracking exactly everything they said. So oh, yeah, I need yeah. you to give the context of what you said about, okay. about he's the wrong color. What you like this for people to know, I mean, I'm saying cut it however they want to, but we're but you can't say that. Like we're going to put this there so people understand where we're at. Okay. Yeah. So, you think he's the wrong skin color because you know, understand that this company has a history of not of not pushing minorities, correct? Correct. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, good. You'll be like, hey, what? Yeah, yeah, he's the wrong skin. I'll be like, look, man, look who hosts this show. Yeah, uh, you know, if they got this far, you know, the blackest wrestling podcast come to kick all ass. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, man. We have, new, we have new eyes on us, so we gotta, you know. Yeah, we gotta clean it up. You know, they might you know, not know. You know, um, new platform, new enemies. Yes, yes. Uh, look, you know, I had them angry uh, when I wrote that Hogan column on that site. So they out there. So new eyes on us. Uh, but what, what did you think of this match and the moonsault spot and everything else? I thought that this match was just a good match until the until the Cabrada uh, super kick spot, and then everything else changed. Um, I thought that. Uh, Ricochet was fantastic in this match. Um, I rewatched the match. Uh, I, re- I rewatched every match on the show except for the main event because I was just furious at the time and they have time. But uh, I I would say that rewatching the match, you get more of appreciation of of Adam Cole and that he's more like Zach Gibson as a heel 
And I, I, what I mean by that is he's out there. He's there to let the other guy shine. But and but he's and he's not doing anything to take away from the fact that like the the, the baby face is the star of the show. Yeah. That you're supposed to but at the same time, he's not boring. He doesn't get shown like, up either. Yeah, and he's not just somebody that's just like, oh, he's just there. Like, it's not like he's not Baron. Like, he's he's bland on purpose, but he's not Baron Corbin. If you get my drift, like, totally, he's there to facilitate how awesome this match is. But he's no realize like my job is to let the other guy shine. It's not for me to go out here and do a whole bunch of flipping moves to try to keep up with Ricochet because that'd be fucking pointless and ridiculous and absurd. So. um I, oh, I I didn't because I wasn't really uh, I was you know I'm more or less thinking like Ricochet more or less is like working with a mop right now until Josh Michigan and then on second down, and then I you know I, I took that to, to heart and then watched it again it was like you know what obviously Ricochet obviously Adam Cole is good in, in all different areas I've never seen him have a bad match so that's for one that's for one but it was kind of at the point where like. If they're gonna push him like he's his top guy and he has his top act and, and he's in his top faction on this brand, he kind of has to start, you know, showing and proving in these in, the, in these singles matches. And this is the kind of match that, like, you know, people will, will rave about Ricochet, but like this is one where it's like he goes to the back and hopefully, you know, Ricochet says thank you because I can't do this without you, without you, right? Giving you, <clears throat> you have this match. Yeah, man. Um, Ricochet with the North American title, it opens a couple things up. You know, you never know who can get the next shot. Uh, They don't have to, I don't know if this is over. They did a little thing this week where um, next week on NXT, they're going to have Ricochet and uh, Pete Dunne teaming up against Undisputed Era. So I expect that to be super lit. Um. Yeah. Also, you see the part where where Dunne said, look, man. uh, I'm not your mate. I'm not your mate. I got, you got another piece of gold that I that I want to grab. Yeah. So yeah. I can't, bro. Dunn versus Ricochet would be awesome. Yes. Um, speaking of of other awesome matches, uh, the tag team championships with the Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain. I don't know if this finishes the rivalry, but if it did, I think we're talking about one of the the great another great rivalry and one of the great tag team rivalries and overall rivalries WWE's ever done. Mustache Mountain and Undisputed Era. Uh, it's Midnight and Rock and Roll. It's Rockers Brain Busters. It's Uso's New Day. And it might have even topped it. These guys... It's, look, it's, hold on. It's DIY Revival. Yeah, them too. Um, <laughs> they... I, I went four and three quarters on this match. Uh, I think Meltzer went four and a half on this as well. Um, what did you think about this one? Yeah, I'm with you on the four and three quarters. Uh, I thought this match was incredible. Um, it wasn't as good as their first. Uh, I'm sorry, their second match, but like, it's it's might is it's just as fitting as the trilogy. Like, it's just like the fact that they were able to get three matches like of that caliber and to get that kind of heat like that fast. Like, this was like a two month thing. Yeah, boom, and... boom, boom, and, and just like it's all laid before you, and it's like. It's, it's full, it's complete, they told a story, they can move on, and, like, like just for a two-month span, like, this is, like, this was awesome, and, like, we talked about, for example, AJ Styles and, and Roman Reigns, as far as, like, short fuse, they didn't get a full, tri- you know, a full, it could have went way longer, but, like, it, it was there for a short time, it was great, like, this was also on that list of, like, like, yeah, it didn't go that long, but like it was every it was real. every single time they were together, it was it was fantastic. I think, and yeah, that was 
was awesome. I think Trent Seven got a major breakout during this feud. Um, for this, yeah. for people that may not have you know been into him before, we all knew Tyler Bate was great, and then O'Reilly and Strong are, are just like just vaulting up the list of of great tag teams I've ever seen in my life because. Yeah. They've got it all. They've got the wrestling. They've got the style. They've got the energy. They've got, um, you know, just seeing how Kyle O'Reilly walks to the ring with the belt, doing the uh, the guitar playing, and there's they just know they're they're just smug pricks, and they're so hilarious. Like they they like, totally get it. At this point, we kind of at this point we're kind of have to be you're kind of have to worry like. More or less, like, are they NWO or are they the Horsemen? We can't even know. Like, we just know they're great and they're doing like these certain things. That, like, there are aspects of both of their, um, both both of their like uh, inspirations come from those two sources. But like, it's trying. It's kind of hard to figure out which is which because like, which is more of which because like they're so good in the ring and obviously that means they're more like the Horsemen. Like, but like some of the stuff they do were like they're they're just pricks and they're like that's like Scott just, Hall. Like, they're, they're, they're like cool heels at the same time, but they're also like, but they're also like you would want to hang out with them, which is a, a quality that more fits like that the, the the horsemen. But like they're, but they're like they're being cool heels at the same time, which fits more like the NWO. Like they're they're just awesome. And just we were just talking about the ricochet and the uh, the, the Dunn exchange. We'll start that. We'll start that was because. Because uh, Strong and O'Reilly ran up on Ricochet after the match, and then O'Reilly says, "Oh, you're not so tough when it's two on one, aren't you?" Yes. Dude, I was <laughs> screaming. Like, yes. Like he's like a he's like a show stealer. Like I mean, are you, do you remember the Nation Domination when Rock would just basically like still focus on the camera yes. at times? Yes. Like, he hit you with a line. Yes, O'Reilly is making like a facial expression. Like O'Reilly is doing that. Like it's. it's it's so small what he's doing, but like he's just showing these flashy character, and they're so great. Like I'm glad Caleb uh, brought that to my attention like two, three months ago. Like he's just awesome. Yeah, it's man. awesome. Yeah. Um, we also got the crowning of a new NXT Women's Champion uh, and, and uh, Kyrie Sane defeating Shayna Baszler. Uh, Shayna Baszler says she did not lose the match. She simply, you know, I don't know. She didn't know what happened essentially, and she was still the better fighter that night. So. Um, how did you think this compared to their first match? Uh, and I, you know, for me. This was just, it was really athletic. I didn't expect Kyrie Sane to, like, win, but I didn't necessarily expect her to lose either. I just knew we were going to see something good. And the fact they switched the title, I didn't have a problem with that. I think it's kind of needed for NXT right now because Shayna Baszler is, like, fast outgrowing her role there. And then if you yeah. look at everything else that is shaping up, the NXT women's division, like, there's a couple different ways you can go, and all the challenges are, are essentially heels right now. And yeah. then you have like Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae, uh, and barely Dakota Kai because you know she's a geek and all. But um, <laughs> they, you know, going forward, like I think you know you got to look at Bianca Belair and Kyrie Sane. But uh, I, I really like the match, creative finish, uh, straight out of the Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe, school of, of rolling you up and having you beat when when you think you were got. Like, and the finishing sequence was incredible in this match. Yeah, I, I think of WWE's best work as far as finishes uh, this week, this week and weekend. I think that this match and the AJ Styles uh, Samoa Joe disqualification finish were like the two smartest things that they did this weekend as far as finishes. Um, I like the fact that they are protecting Shayna. 
Only time Shayna's ever lost, she's lost twice. To my knowledge, the only time she's ever lost on NXT has been because she got rolled up because she's because she, you know, it wasn't like it was a legitimate beating. She actually just got rolled up. They weren't like she got hit with a finish. She was knocked unconscious for, th- for the count of three. It was she got caught slipping. She got banana pill losses. She yep. slipped on banana pills. And I think that's a great way to be able to excuse that and keep her dominant and still have the baby face, not just be, you know, beaten and moved to the side. You can continue the, the story. Um, and I think it's only getting more heated uh, from this point forward because uh, I think I, I feel like, you know, there, that um, now that we're past SummerSlam, uh, my thought was maybe Shayna lost and she moves over to do some screwy thing to try to keep the, the chase for Ronda going, but that didn't happen. Good. So I'm assuming she's coming back. Yeah, and given that promo that she had on, on Wednesday. They'll probably do a TV match. A TV match. Maybe they take it again all the way to War Games too. Who knows? But there's going to be a, there's gonna be a, a, re, a title rematch, and I think that that's appropriate. And I think that uh, this match, because you asked me earlier, I think that this match was more – um, story based than the first match in the Mae Young Classic, and I I thought that uh, I thought they did a really good job with, with with you know trying trying to sell that you know Shayna is very dangerous and you know if she hurts you you have to fight from underneath like hell to be able to even have a chance to, to beat her and yeah. I mean she I mean she kicked out the finish and she rolled out like she did I thought this match was really good I thought three and a half like Meltzer gave three and a half stars I, I disagreed like I thought this was this was three, three and three quarters, borderline four, but um, I really enjoyed this match. Like I, I can't say enough about how good Takeover was. I just can't. Yeah, Velveteen Dream with the call me up Vince pants on. I think were the star <laughs> of his match. Uh, EC, EC3 and, and him weren't necessarily like they didn't have a bad match, but I don't think they had a really good match either. It was you know just in the middle. Oh, a professional professional yeah. wrestling match. I think they had. Little concerned yeah. about EC3 uh, being a in-ring performer, but I will not doubt that he is a real man, as I mentioned on Chad's show. Because <laughs> if you didn't see what he did in that ladder match in New Orleans, like that, like he ain't no no punk. He ain't for play. Like, and he has the promo ability. I think his wrestling can come on good enough, but I think that's a function of like wrestling the Velveteen Dream, like where Velveteen Dream can be really awesome when you put him in there with someone awesome. But if it's mm-hmm. a, a situation where it's someone that's not like a great worker, worker, you I think you get these. Like I think you get, yep. um, you know, some timing issues. I think you get, um, you know, parts in the match where the the crowd is just looking at the match, waiting for something to happen. I felt like that. Um, that that plagued like the first like half of the match essentially, and then you know they got it going. But uh, at the end, it was over. I, I I think you know these guys, they're they're gonna be out of here soon. So it it might not even necessarily like matter. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. Obviously, I nowhere near approaching great or the other four matches on this card. But um, I don't know. I, I, maybe it was just me, but I got the feels like this was like Hulk Hogan, like eighties Hulk Hogan. Versus like '90s Shawn Michaels at a match together, like that's what it felt like <laughs> with all the like the all the, like the hokey cartoonish type of stuff of the overselling of the power and some of the some of the wacky selling in, uh, in the match. And, uh, and you know, uh, at the same time, you had like Dream doing big stuff, like bumping around for him, like you know, like Shawn used to do when we used to wrestle bigger guys in the, in the '90s before uh, probably like '95ish, whatever. Uh, like, especially like the uh, uh, the crotch spot on the rope when he you know shake the ropes up and down like that was so Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I'm sorry, Shawn Michaels and Hogan. 
Like, in fact, I think they may have did that in, two, in their 2005 match, maybe in SummerSlam, maybe. But yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought this was a good match, and you know, I can't wait to see what's next for both of them. Wrapping it up. Um... I was on Chad's show. He thought this was the best uh, takeover ever. I disagreed. James, did you have those stats uh, that you that you had shared with me um, about where this kind of ranked uh, as far as uh, star rating wise? So I listened to the podcast, and he asked you that, and I was like, "Really, Chad?" And then um, the you know the Meltzer uh, star ratings came out, and I ended up I just adding it up, and you know just giving the average uh, show average star rating for each match on the show. Um, and it ended up with an average star rating of 3.95, which is like, that's a great, that's a great, 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 I can't say great enough, um, card or a rating for average, um, pay-per-view, like match by match by match, you, you're right at four stars, like right there. Like that's a great card, top to bottom. The problem is for all the takeovers that would rank it, that would rank it as the ninth greatest takeover ever. Ninth. Unbelievable. Like, like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, I, like after after realizing that, like I'm now like instead of just you know just saying yeah it was a great takeover blah 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 like I am now treating this like I am now treating this like uh, Adrian Peterson's 2016 rushing title. I'm treating this like Randy Moss's 2007 uh, NFL season. Like I am cherishing every bit of this because there ain't no get like. We think that takeover is going. We think that NXT and takeover is going to be like this forever. History will suggest that we don't get shows like this this often, consistently, and it's going to be just going to be continuing over the next five, ten, fifteen years. So I'm going to cherish every single last one of these takeovers because we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when like things change for whatever reason. Uh, you know, uh, what do you say? Our plans change, objectives change, and they move turn this thing into you know real live for real developmental as opposed to a super indie that has developmental people on there from time to time and just basically mercenaries that we want to learn how to uh, work in our style. So <clears throat> I, I, I very, I really suggest that everybody cherish this because it's not promised. Yeah. And, and if you look at that average star rating list, you're getting a lot of stuff like, um, like uh, NXT takeover of new Orleans. It was the number one WWE rated show in history. So like, yeah. Uh, and from there, like the stuff that's above that is like Dominion, like Wrestle Kingdom 11, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. we're in rarefied air with, uh, New Orleans and this is like in its own set of rarefied air, but it's not quite, you know, at that level. And there's, there's no shame on that, yeah. but I think eventually we're going to have to start talking about what is a better series. And I, for me, it particularly wouldn't even be close like NXT takeover versus WrestleMania. Like which one would you oh, rather let's, take? Let's put it this way, right? This think about it. This is a show with three. This is a show that had three matches that got four and a half star ratings. I don't think there's ever been a WrestleMania that's ever done that. I'm pretty sure. I'm like I. Ain't, I don't even think I have to look them to know that, right? Right. <clears throat> so, um, you think about that, and then think about a, a show. I'm sorry, and then you think about the fact that just on average star rating, right? I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean everything is obviously like Takeover New Orleans is boosted by the fact there's two five star matches on there, but that's besides the point. This just on average star rating, and it's not end all be all, obviously, but just on average star rating, this was the this was quote unquote the worst quote unquote takeover since uh two thousand since the takeover in San Antonio. So for January. the two thousand seven for the two thousand seventeen 
Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of like winning streak they're on in Takeover. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good place to leave it. So we will be back with our SummerSlam coverage. The next thing on deck was WWE SummerSlam and James. I felt like we were robbed after, you know, going off of air. Um, it was insane. It was a snow job, a screw job, any type of job that you want to um, put on this uh, at the very end with the Reigns and Brock. Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. What did, What were your overall impressions of the card? And I, I mean, you know, going into it, I don't think we were like, you know, the most excited in the world. But, you know, what, what were your thoughts on it? I thought that uh, the squash matches on this card made made the matches that uh, that got time, like the, the, the opener for the Intercontinental title, Brian and Miz, um, Joe and, and, um, and AJ, I thought that that gave them more time to do what they need to do to tell more stories. And they got them over that hump from, you know, 3.5 to the, you know, to the four – you know, or the three and a quarter, like they were able to get them more time so they could have the get to the great match. And I, I really appreciated that. And uh, I think that this is, needs to be a new format for uh, SummerSlam. Like nothing, you know, this is the third time they've done the four hour SummerSlam that I can, I think. And like, this is like the first one where like the card felt consistent. didn't feel like half a great show, half a bad show slapped together. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought, I thought, you know, we all, we, you know, we give them crap for for them like not learning from mistakes. I felt like they learned from. I felt like they've learned from the past two years. Quietly, quietly, they've been doing squash matches on their pay per views leading up to this. Like if you remember the Nakamura and Jeff Hardy match uh, from last right. time, uh, I want to say they did a couple other squash matches. I just can't recall at the time, but. Uh, you know, there are going to be short matches in places. You're probably going to get one of those Elias segments to just give you like a, a second, you know, between the shows. You know, if, if it was up to me, I would, you know, go up the hill rather than, you know, being on a roller coaster the whole time. But right. um, let's take it right to the to the main event, man. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. James, after three years, Roman Reigns, the new WWE Universal Champion, and he did it. By getting a distraction pinfall. What? Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, was it? Was it? Was it? Um, was it Havoc or was it? Or was it? Uh, or was it? Um, Prodigy to say it ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. <laughs> I think it was Havoc. Havoc. Okay. So, like, you know, we always talk about like, don't fuck around with it. Do it expeditiously. Yes. And we always and our and we always talk about this where it's like. Don't do this him and Han shit. If you're gonna put somebody over, uh, build them and put them over all the damn way. Don't don't half step it. Don't half ass it. And I mean, I'm glad they got the belt off of him, and I'm glad that Roman, you know, was able to uh, not just be in these matches and look like a and look like shit. Uh, look more like a piece of shit uh, or a loser after this. Now, um, going forward, we can kind of like reverse the curse, if you will. But uh, you know. I, I thought that was kind of a, I thought it was kind of like a, a weak thing. Like I'd have been perfectly okay for him to have just, you know, uh, three, you know, three Superman punches, spear, spear, you know, third spear, pin his ass, get the fuck out, get get out of there. I would I, that would have been great. Uh, but you know, that's not what they chose. When they chose to decide to you know cut it with Similac. But bro, you know, this was one with. of this was one of the great robberies in WWE history, and not. <laughs> Not the fact that he robbed Lesnar of the title, that the fact that they robbed the fans essentially of 
what they thought was happening. So they bring yeah. they bring Strowman's ass out there and use him literally as a tool to to stop the hijack essentially, right? And yeah. Yeah. reports have since come out said that this match went exactly how it was supposed to go. There was no communication for Vince to cut it short. So from the moment that the referee's hand slapped three, they went off the air with two minutes and four seconds. If that yeah. ain't them rushing off the, the screen and like, there's nothing to see here. Uh, you know, holla. We no pyro, no celebration, right. no nothing. Right. They knew. This was a rob. This was a snow job, James. Yeah, like okay. So specifically, one last one I remember last time. If I'm if I'm correct, the last time that Lesnar lost the match was the Goldberg at Survivor Series 2016, right? Yes. Okay. Do you know how long? Like, I didn't even got to look because I, I rewatched uh, that squash match in the last like year. They were after after uh, Goldberg squashed Lesnar. You know how long they stayed on air? Yes. Just, just to bask in the in the crowd popping and like the marvel of, of Goldberg still looking like it's still like it's nineteen ninety eight in the year two thousand sixteen. Unbelievable. And he brought his kid, he brought his kid out there shirtless and he kissed his wife yes. and his dad and his parents were there and he walked around the stadium with his son on his shoulder like. Bro, they so ran yeah, off like, like they stole yeah, something. Like they yeah, ran you know off like they stole of? something from us. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of? What? Remember the Derek Fisher point four shot? Yes, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. You refs ain't finna come back here and bring me back out here to say we have to come continue uh, wrestling. It was almost like the uh, same thing, like the fail Mary between the Seahawks and the and the, uh, and the Packers, where like the, the Seahawks got that, got that bullshit touchdown, and they were like, we out of here. Shut down the stadium. Yes, it's a wrap. we're leaving the oh, stadium. Oh. Yeah, so. <clears throat> they were I so mean, afraid I, of those boos. I think, yeah. you know, it – this is a this is another this is the wind aid, bro, and we gonna get to it later. And, and if you got to do all this, he's not the right, one. Right? Like, yes, yes, that is true. And and I mean that is that is absolutely uh, true. And you know, but like I'm on this. I'm on. I guess we're having separate discussions. Like, I agree with everything you just said. But if your objective is to because you were so so scared to death of doing this at WrestleMania and having uh, and having him win again, booed out the building. If your uh, if your whole entire thing is we must have this man win the title and people must be happy and cheering, this is probably the best. This pro- this is ingenious if that's what they want to do because they slapped the fans' heads. They thought that everybody get this Strowman cash in and they thought that probably oh Strowman got laid out, but he's gonna get up and it's gonna be actually like a quote unquote fair fairer fight. So he can't say oh he just won on the cash in. Is it gonna be Bronze Knight? They went off air on their on their dumbasses. They didn't realize they went off air, and so they were so they can boo all they want to, but nobody at home has to sit there and if nobody's there sitting here witnessing him getting booed out of the building because he's already held the title up and he already went off air and we already got your money and we out the door like fucking crooks in the night. Crooks <laughs> on the on the midnight train to Georgia. We out of here, baby. Yes. Very yes. boss. Unbelievable, bro. I, I, I just, I was watching that and I was like, bro, do you, do, 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 does it, did anybody just see this? Like, did these dudes just did this? Like, <laughs> like, like that John Starks, like. <laughs> hey, if, that's, look, if that was their objective, then they did a great job and my hats off to them for wanting to be scammers like that. Unbelievable, but, bro. But, but, but look, I admire the fact that they, I admire the audacity and the brass and the, and the shamelessness of the thing of the whole situation. But at the same time, like I'm aware this is a scam. Yeah, like, I don't think anybody. They tuck their tail between their legs to yeah, do this. Like, I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody is like is is pretending this isn't what it is. 
Like, is there any, I mean, obviously they're, you know, the crazies or whatever else, but like, is there anybody that's like, this is, you know, straight up wrestling fan and like, yeah, like that's normal or, oh no, like, that's just perfectly cool. That's, I, I, I've never seen anything like this in history, like I mean, <laughs> in wrestling I history, mean, like at least. I mean, well, to be fair, they used to, you know, Hoko used to get booed in like the 90s, in the early 90s, they would, they would, you know, shows were pre-taped, they just... Yeah, they sweeten the audio and all that, but this yeah. is like this. This is you know, this is this is next level. You don't see it as that though. No, I mean the same thing. I, look, they already turned Roman Reigns' uh, audio down, so this this is just like you know adding on you know the the shit okay. on top of the shit. You know, I just I just see it more as we got to like I see it more as they want to tell a story. The fans don't want it. They don't give a damn. They do what they do <laughs> because they already got they already got your money. And they still keep making money in spite of themselves, like like uh, like CM Punk said on that promo. Tell like, you, and bro. That's the, and that's, the, that's the case. Like we're gonna get to it when we talk about Becky, uh, and you know. Oh yes, we show. will. Like, the same thing. Like they told the story, people rejected the story. They said, "Never mind, ne- never mind us giving you." They said, "Never mind, you stupid fans, because even though we tried to make something that y'all wanted, never mind that you gonna like you gonna like whatever we pull from out our draws. Period." Yes. Um, something else I like, but you weren't as high on. Uh, Daniel Bryan and The Miz had their first uh, one-on-one match in ages. Um, they had the the long build uh, over this month with the video packages. They made Daniel Bryan look kind of weird in the lead-up. Um, Miz ended up getting a win. Av- using the dirty finish with the brass knucks was kind of anticlimactic for me. Uh, going Everything else in the match, though, I loved it. Like I thought it was just... Like as I mentioned to Chad, like Daniel Bryan kind of like retrains you how to watch wrestling. Like if you <laughs> like, you're like all right, this everything makes sense. This is like what the the goal was of this match, and they're just gonna hit it every step of the way. And it was like really hard hitting, and the crowd wasn't into it. Strangely, I don't know why that is. If that was a function of where it was on the card, did you know people not believe it the day it came? Like. What do you think happened with that? Oh, um, I mean, initial thoughts on that is um, you just had AJ beat the living hell out of out of um, out of Joe with that chair because they just you know because he just stepped over the line and they went from having a heated a heated match um, a heated program and a match that, that that displayed the heated you know the heatedness I know it's not a word but uh, the heat that would be the word um, that they had for each other and then it, it, you know then it like it crescendoed into you know the chaos of screw this match i'm whooping your screw this trying to win this match i'm whooping your ass yeah and then the very next match comes out is <clears throat> you know something of a similar heat where like these dudes have been, been circling around each other for eight you know seemingly eight years or that's the story they traded as and then they basically have a wrestling match and that's perfectly fine but like if you're going to do that then they probably should have swapped those two sh- those two matches probably that's um, a fair point yeah, but I mean, but don't get me wrong. Like I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about this match, but I thought it was a good damn match. I thought this was, I thought it was like three and a half. I, just the thing for me was just like, see, I can't, I, I don't know how I can say this without sounding like I just hate Miz, um, and I clearly don't. Like I, I don't know how many times I have to say like this dude should get a run at the belt, but like, I don't think they're going to because WWE has plans. Um, but in that match. Like they didn't have, or have, okay, flat out. Given what they've done with um what they've done with Brian since he's came back, and also how this feud has gone, where like 
he's out here cocking his fist in front of what he what he believed was Miz, like you know, strapped with his baby strapped in front of him, and him like running up on him or whatever else is a baby face. You can, and also given with the rise of the Miz over the last two years, there's obviously this was instead of this being a heel versus beloved babyface thing, this was a beloved babyface versus beloved heel thing, and it turned into a 50 50 thing where it's supposed to, where it's supposed to the uh, it. It was built. I felt like this build was, this match was built for a crowd to be living and dying by Daniel Bryan getting um, getting his just vengeance to shut up the Miz as opposed to this exhibition and or this is an expedition. This is an indie match or whatever, and the crowd wants to cheer for both guys. And that's what this show. That's what this match was. And the problem with that was Miz is not the kind of worker that can overcome being being people behind him while he's working heel. Like he needs to be out here throwing those shitty kicks throwing those shitty punches while people are upset because those are shitty looking punches and shitty looking kicks and they want the other guy to rip his head off that wasn't the case they were, they were literally like yay go miss like and i i, I th- that's what i felt while watching the match mm-hmm. but the match was but as you said the match was laid out impeccably but there was just some like there was that and there was also some slowness in the match and a lack of crispness in the match that like wasn't there for say the second half of the uh, the Intercontinental title match or the AJ versus Joe match, like but the, like as you said, like the strikes was the strikes were there on the Daniel Bryan part saying like you ain't tough, I'm gonna show you what tough is. Right, like that was all there. It's just you know do, do you they got to get they got to get. Okay. I think they got to get that dynamic right for them to be able to get it all the way over. But they're 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 this close. They're like inches away from it for me anyway from it getting all the way there. But it's just not quite. I'm not really here for like the mixed tag angle that they're going. The only reason I'm yeah. not like freaking out on it is because they did announce the Daniel Bryan Miz singles match for the Australia show. A uh, hundred thousand mm-hmm. winner gets a WWE title shot. So I'm not mm-hmm. gonna light them on fire that bad. But um. They just have to be careful uh, because they haven't really given Daniel Bryan the greatest creative to work with. You have people openly questioning whether he's declining as a wrestler, which is absolutely crazy. David Finishel, yes, I'm talking to you if you're listening to this. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about this. Okay, so, Rich, you, you – okay, so I asked you if you could uh, possibly get David on. I don't know if you call, talk to him or whatever else, but – and I, maybe I should have reached out to him. But, like, I read his, his SummerSlam column. We're in the same – and I know it's going to come as personal attack, but he knows I would have said this to his face. In the same paragraph where he said that Daniel Bryan has making a mistake or has step, has declined as a wrestler, he also said, or in the ring as a performer, he also said that this was a great match. And it's like, or this was a four-star match. And it's like, okay, so I'm on a, I was unaware of the time when Daniel Bryan was having five-star classics all the time in the Tokyo Dome or where you know wherever you want to say it. I, I, I was unaware of when he was doing that. But a four-star match in WWE for Daniel Bryan on pay-per-view like SummerSlam sounds like what Daniel Bryan was always doing when he was in his you know in his previous run. So I don't know. Maybe he's saying like he's not athletically there the way he used to be, so now he's relying more on the storytelling aspect. Maybe I don't know. He never said this in the, in the thing, but as I read, I'm just like, "Yo, this is like cognitive dissonance. You can't like, what, or you know, it I must like, be two can sides. I get explanation? Can I get more of an explanation on why you feel this way as opposed to you saying that and then saying, "Oh yeah, great match," and then and then getting out of there to the next thing? And it's like, you know, I 
whatever. That's that's enough. On, that's enough on Danny. Like he can like we can talk about this later. I probably should brought this on, up on air, but whatever. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, what up, Dave? Yeah, especially. Um, yeah. <laughs> they um. I yeah. I I like the match a great deal. I thought if they didn't do the the cheap finish, I thought they could have you know ratcheted it up with a, an excellent finishing sequence to around four and a half. But um, you know, that's that's me. Um, uh, I I would have loved. If I would have loved if Miz just beat him clean, and and I said that like if you're not pushing Daniel Bryan as a world champion right now, which they're clearly not, um, then, then why why can't they beat him? And it, and I wrote a column like it's cool for Daniel Bryan to lose matches, like like you don't have to keep the man undefeated like that. That was never really his charm uh, in the first place. We just ask right. that you let him have these matches, that you put him in a position to do that. And I you know I feel like they did, but you know the finish was just sucky so yeah, i mean it, it was one of those things where it's like okay well he cheated that's cool at least it wasn't like oh he pulled the tights or his feet were on the rope yeah um aj styles and samojo we alluded to it i thought this was absolutely incredible i went for um, 0.25 with the disqualification i think that matched melzer's rating for it um these guys uh they they, they sounded off on each other they struck and then at the end Samoa Joe just took it a little bit too far, and AJ Styles decided that he couldn't face his wife uh, after that. And, you know, it wasn't about wrestling holes no more. It wasn't about, you know, arm drags. It wasn't about, you know, him kicking Samoa Joe in the chest. It was about put it, him putting a, a fucking chair through this guy's skull. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, absolute open disrespect. Like, like you, you say you want to fuck my wife, essentially. Like, in front of this crowd, this will not stand. Like, <laughs> the Styles, look, the Styles family uh, name will not be disrespected by you, Samoa Joe, even though it's a gimmick. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what were your thoughts on this, James? And, and I'm, I'm happy these guys uh, delivered this, by the way. Yeah, man. I uh, I thought this was a great match. I this was my favorite match of the night. Um, I was very very happy to see that. Uh, I was very very happy to see that this is a program that they that they built in like basically like what four weeks. Got it that heated. Got it to where everybody wants. They're beating the hell out of each other. Crowd loves it, and they give you a finish to where where it's undecisive. There's you know the inconclusive on who was the better man, and then. Like it escalates and, and raises the stakes for you know what we all think is probably going to be a hell in a cell match, and they and they built to an appropriate. It feels like anyway that they built to an appropriate hell in a cell match in a span of two months, seven weeks. I think this is great. Like this is, you know, and uh, we talked about this earlier about about the finishing. Like I think you know people talk about DQ finishes and, and like the problem is what they're being when they're lame as opposed to like this turned into something dynamic at the end to build towards something else. Like this was not um, uh, Harper or no, Rowan pulling out a rubber, a rubber fake fucking mallet and after, yes. uh, after in the middle of a really good match, just hitting them for, for uh, a bailout DD or DQ. Um, yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm really interested to see what they do next. And I, you know, I don't know how, I don't know where this goes from here after, you know, he got, you know, he got choked out uh, last night. And then he said, you know, daddy's going night, night, like, you know, everybody go night, night. Yes. But uh, but I'm interested to see where they go next. Like I, I, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really into what they what they're doing with SmackDown. Like they got hot feuds. Like they got hot feuds. Yeah. Um, 
you know, something else I was really into was uh, Ronda Rousey beating uh, the holy living fuck out of Alexa Bliss and taking the Raw Women's title and ending that shit. And, you know, you know, throwing that shit in a putting her in a coffin um, <laughs> completely. <laughs> Taking her arm, bending it all the way out, uh, pretty much like we all predicted going into it. Uh, this was actually, uh, you know, I think this is the best Alexa Bliss match I've ever seen, personally, Jays. Don't do that. You know that ain't fair. Don't do that. That's <laughs> <laughs> so unfair. Like, last SummerSlam, she had a really good match with Sasha. Like, so don't, like, don't do that. Like, I mean, that might be her only good, really good match that's not as involved, like, you know, everybody else doing all the work, but... Yeah, I, you know, I thought I thought this may have went maybe a minute too long or so, but like, yeah, getting squashed or whatever else, like, get her I mean, the fuck out of here, B. Yeah, that, I mean, that was appropriate. Like, nobody was gonna buy that Ronda Rousey selling for for Alexa Bliss like she sold for Nia Jax. Fuck no. Yeah. So, fuck a chase. I, mean, I think I, I think it went too long. I, th- I would think I would have laid off of beating her so much because you know I think if it went any bit longer, it would have t- it could have possibly turned the crowd on. Um, the way that she beat that living brakes off of her, but um, you know now she's you know we get we have her as champion, and I'm I'm ish, I'm really interested to see what she does next as far as like is she going to be on Hell in a Cell, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know. What's the status? You know, and and you know, it's coming. It's coming one of these days. I don't know when, and I won't say what it is. But one thing one thing I will say is like now that we're past this Alexa Bliss thing, seemingly. Or maybe, or maybe this hopefully like a conversation. Maybe there's a conversation that's more appropriate for uh, after evolution. But like, she needs to turn face, have a baby face run. Because I think that, I think the amount of, I think as good as she is on the mic, I think that she could be a very, good, I think she could be an even better baby face. And you know, just seeing what they did on SmackDown with with their women's uh, top title program, like. This company can so, use as many baby faces as they, as many good baby faces as they can, as they can, um, they can as, as many as possible because this is oof. so. Can, yeah, like so I, can I, Sasha. I she, I so can Sasha turn heel then, so Alexa Bliss doesn't have to interrupt the rest of Sasha Banks's career? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Like, okay. I, I, I actually had a Sasha Banks line saved for, uh, like in my mind, saved for the Becky thing, but, uh, and I, but I'll say it now. Don't you think it's like fucking absurd that Becky Lynch, of all people, gets a heel turn uh, run before Sasha fucking Banks? Are you out of what? Who would have ever? Who would have ever been like, yeah, that makes sense? Jesus. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Moving on. Um. Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Title. Um. Opening match. I thought this was boring for a long segment until the reverse vertical suplex. I felt like the match like went up another gear from there. Um. Ziggler and Rollins overall, like, were you impressed by this feud? Um, you know, they had the stinker of the Iron Man match. They had this match, which was really good, you know, um, but not quite, you know, I don't think it's like on the level, you know, some may have it. I believe Meltzer gave it a 3.75. So what did, what did you think about, um, this and like, you know, Seth Rollins is in when we'll get to it when we talk about a shield later and this show is going to run a little long folks, but um, Rollins is winning back the Intercontinental Championship, and Ziggler is in no man's land. What did this match really mean? Um, nothing. It was more of a vehicle to showcase that the you know that Rollins and Ambrose are more or less back. Um, and 
Ambrose has this new attitude, which like in the attitude is axe murderer. But <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I thought I, but it was a really good match. And like, you know, and it was one of those Randy Orton specials where it's like, man, this match is boring. What, what, what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden you get to the like the, the, the you know, you get to the big spot at least to the comeback. And you're like, yo, this match is like this is this match is very, very good. All of a sudden out of nowhere. When did this happen? Yeah, like, it was one of those. Um, and you know, that's kind of, you know, from what I can tell, that's kind of been what Seth has been, been doing in a lot of, you know, in a lot of his matches, like we're more or less building towards when I do this Falcon arrow spot and then we go from there. Yeah. Um, wins back the intercontinental title. I'm, I'm not sure what he's going to do with it. Uh, going forward, there aren't really any heels for him to fight, um, <laughs> on the raw brand, uh, especially ones hey. that he hasn't already faced. A rich. What if he is now a heel? Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> uh, New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers, I thought they had a good match leading up to their uh, DQ finish. Strowman uh, destroyed Kevin Owens. Uh, not going to spend too much time on it, but um, there was also the triple threat for the Women's Championship. Uh, Charlotte Flair defeated Becky Lynch and Carmella, uh, and, and she basically won the match by uh, rolling up on Becky Lynch while Becky Lynch's back was turned to her and hit the natural selection for the one two three uh what did you think of this match james and then actually we'll come back with that so pretty much the hottest story of the week stemmed from the triple threat match at SummerSlam with charlotte defeating becky lynch and carmella to win her seventh women's championship she is almost halfway to rick james this is insane uh in in the aftermath which has really become the story of the week Becky Lynch turned heel on Charlotte. What in the entire fuck are they doing? This is 50 degrees of dumb. This is 100 levels of shit. This is 200 feet of ass. I, I, I'm just mind, you know, and I'm, my mind's blown. You can see I'm struggling to put the words together. And, of course, people have had social media on fire all week. Uh, my boy Mike Sempervivi was blocked by the Road Dog. Uh, the Road Dog is out here fighting with fans again on Twitter, uh, trying to tell people the sky is red, essentially. I can't believe yeah. that they have looked themselves in the face and convinced themselves that exactly, you know, you know, we have this, this very over baby face that everyone likes. The first, the first second they get, they convince themselves, you know what we need to do? We need to make her a heel. You know, we, we need to get her booed. We can't be having Heat. that shit. Heat. Have they misread? How did they misread this situation so badly and not understand that people were not going to go for this shit? And they have not. Okay, so I'm conflicted because on one end, um, I think this is dumb on two fronts. One is that uh, the story clearly was that Becky went on a ten went on a ten match uh, TV TV match streak of wins over a fourteen week stretch um, that included beating the 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 SmackDown Women's Champion Carmella and also at the beginning of the streak included her beating Charlotte. Whatever, uh, I guess I don't know. I, I think that I think like they built somebody. So whatever. I'm glad. Like, you know, we always talk about this. Like they built somebody, they put equity into this person and then built towards their second or third biggest show of the year. Um, thumbs up for that. Like needs to be commended. Like flat out. We, we always talk about 50, 50, 50 booking in 
they don't build anybody, whatever else. Like this is somebody they built, and good for them because they that person given what they've done with her over the last two years since she lost the Spanish Women's title. I'm I'm glad that they moved on from there. Okay, so so that point two on that is, <clears throat> I'm also glad that regardless of you know whether or not this is going to be effective or not um, as a storyline, if they continue to go down this path, Becky, it, this is the most important thing that Becky has done or Becky is going to do on that she's since she's been on the main roster. Like her and this feud with with Charlotte is going to be huge for her, regardless of whether or not she succeeds as a whether or not uh, she succeeds as a heel or not. Like, given that promo that she delivered um, on Tuesday, there's not a doubt in my mind she can see because that was an incredible promo delivery. Like that was the notch below, like the notch below Samoa Joe, the notch be- the notch just below, maybe even right up there with the Miz as far as the promo. This was great. Um, my problem is that I'm conflicted because this is bad for their characters from what they've laid out for them over the time they've been in the main roster. This is bad for them as far as their skill sets as, um, as, as wrestlers, period. Charlotte is not a sympathetic baby face because one, we have eyes. She is a or She is a five ten Amazon blonde woman. Uh, who's a, who's a second generation wrestler of the who's offspring of the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, that has is a set and is a you know a seven time women's champion, like we supposed to feel sorry no, for that. No, no one, no one has sympathy for like the last time someone like her got some type of sympathy. Sympathy that was like Macho Man uh, beating the hell out of out of Hulk Hogan. Like that's that was thirty years ago, bro. <laughs> you know, come off that shit, right? And then um, and then so. I think that's bad from the character perspective. I think that's bad from uh, they're so set. delusional. I, I really do. But I'm conflicted because this is Becky being given an opportunity to do something that do something on a level bigger than anything she's ever done before in the main roster. Even though she's been somebody that has proven time and time again, if you give her the ball, she will she will run with it. She won't fumble it. She won't fuck up. So I'm you know I'm conflicted. I think that this is like my issue isn't like oh poor Becky. My issue is oh my god they're going to ruin Charlotte. They're going to ruin Charlotte Flair over this. Like this has the potential to ruin Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Um, and there may be course correction. I don't know. I hope. Um, I I really sincerely hope so. But this just like reeks of WWE not having a clue, or <laughs> having a clue and not caring, which is even worse. I, I I sincerely I sincerely think that this is more or less like this fits into the that we always talk about with them booking by the seat of their pants and either they book by the seat of their pants and then like they, they end up messing around and gave her that streak on they gave her that that 10 show or that 10 match streak on accident on tv or they they booked with a goal in mind with, with the destination as the only thing that was in mind and then made it up as they wanted to get there and then lo and behold they didn't realize that people gave it was paying attention to what the fuck they were doing and they're just completely shocked that people are upset about this because they were because people people that watch their TV show pays more t- pay more attention to what they actually book than what they do. They just they just out here just doing shit, right? Um, it was by far the biggest pop of the night uh, when yeah. Becky, Becky Lynch jumped on Charlotte's head. Um, you would think that they would learn from that. <clears throat> I don't I don't understand, and it's 
I, I've I seen just you- terrible examples, just just people trying to hold this up and defend this. I've just seen terrible examples all over the internet. And if you came out here and was defending that, I I don't understand. Like, stop trying to get a job with WWE. Like, <laughs> I, I think I, yeah. Like, I think the, I think the number one thing is like, I mean, I, this is this is something that we always talk about when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to like the stories they tell and also like whether or not people when people reject it is that and why they and why people don't like they just as a they just does not go through their mind why people don't like reject these storylines and why don't just go along and just let Vince do whatever the fuck he wants. Um when they watch the show and why the people just don't sit there and just like, I'm so happy that I'm so happy that someone was willing to entertain me for my own money for my for for the you know, for the pleasure of me giving me my giving my money and my attention to it, right? Um like let's say or not, not let's say, like, if I watch a, t- if I watch a movie, I go to a movie, and it was a great first movie, and then they give me a sequel, and the sequel sucks, I am allowed to say that the sequel sucked, even though, like, I enjoyed the first movie. And I hope that you make a good third movie, but you fucked up the second one. Like, people don't want to, people want to act like, oh, well, you know, you watch it, so you just cheerlead for the show. Fuck that. Like, that's not, like, how is that? <laughs> Realistic. <laughs> like I don't I don't understand how you bend over and like literally like you know spit or not spit or like just pay no caution to like paying attention to any of the details that they want to give you and then go away from it because they always talk about how they they tell stories and they make movies and shit. Well, you told a bad fucking story. Your story was this this person who from what I from, and I, I, I may misremember things. If I, forgive me, but like from what it seemed like, she was the first SmackDown Women's Champion. She loses her belt um, in a BS fashion to Alexa. Um, because she fell through it. It was a tables match. She lost in a tables match. She fell through on a, I think it might have been a I don't remember. Fell and through. She ch- and she chased after her title. She chased after her title. She chased after her title. And she never did because she had Mickey James help. Mickey James showed up out of nowhere to help. Start helping Alexa. Then, then she never really got a shot again. And then they built her for, for literally a year, stay. James. Literally yeah. 18 months. Yeah. And then they, they, they end up giving this woman that was always likable. Um, a win streak, which only made her more and more over, and then decided, hey, let's bring let's bring Charlotte in here, and then she's going to win. And I'm okay with that. But the thing is, in the, in the way you laid out the story, the protagonist is Becky because she's been here for the last 14 weeks or 15 weeks now, and she just got and, and her friend just basically took the thing that she's been fighting her ass off and working and working and working to get, and then like she and then she like snapped and lost it, and she blew her stack and whatever else. And that I mean that's perfectly fine. But to be like, okay, well, now she's just a heel. Now is the and, fans never supported me. James, and why are all the heel, heel terms the, the fucking same? Oh, well, your fans don't really are, like this off signal. Like, you guys are, are fickle. Uh, you guys turn your back on me. Like, it's a meta it's thing. Like, how about, how like, about y'all turn on, like, each other on the on the show? Like, <laughs> like Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler. Gotta, now, what they're trying to do with Becky, which went over like a fart in church. This is know, just you know, like... I think a part of it is like so patronizing. Yeah, remember these are characters; these are actual human beings that like are actually in situations, and then they like, and then they work through their emotions based off of the based off of wins and losses. It's that these people are basically all these people are basically like uh, movie villains, like the bad guys. They're all movie villains, and they're trying to figure out how to like, and they're and they're basically trying to like 
be Bane or, or Joker and, and basically talk to the masses and how societies be wiped clean from existence and start over. Like everything is you you motherfuckers that are watching are the problem and and I'm going to show it to you. Not like I'm the, the only exception is like Miz where it's like I'm awesome. Y'all don't believe me. I'm gonna show you. And I'm gonna stick it in your face when I whenever I pick up any type of recognition that they ask to my me saying that I'm the best because I talk shit. Like Miz, like the only guy that ever kind of gets out of that, um, at least right now. Um, but uh, let me, I just want to go through and give you like the promo she cut before she started going in on the fans. Yeah. And you tell me the part. You tell me the part where you find. You tell me the unlikable trait about this story, right? I deserve to be standing here as women's champion. And since that moment was stolen from me, Charlotte Flair deserved the beating I gave her. Because SummerSlam wasn't supposed to be about Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns or AJ Styles or Seth Rollins or Ronda Rousey. And it certainly wasn't supposed to be about Charlotte Flair. It was supposed to be about one woman, me. It was supposed to be about, it was, it was supposed to be my time. I have fought my way for months and earned my way into a singles match with Carmella. And I had even gone over the fact that Charlotte had been added to the match because finally, Finally, it was my opportunity to silence the critics that said that I was just Charlotte's friend. I pictured myself raising that title above my head saying that I am my own woman, that I'm a top star, and that I put the SmackDown Women's Live Women's Division on the map, and that I'm the new champion. What is unlikable about that? <laughs> Nothing until she starts going in on the fans, and then the fans completely said, yes, Becky Lynch, shit on us. Well, yes, we ain't shit, you know. <laughs> We love you still. Yeah, I, I just, you know, and, you know, they, they said apparently they've, um, the SmackDown uh, clip of it, of that promo in, the, in that whole segment, the part where she's crapping on the fans got cut out. So they still, I, apparently, you know, Some maybe it's still time for them to change this around. But I don't understand it. If your end goal in mind after the story you told was to get Becky to turn heel, that's fine. But, like, if the whole purpose is you have to turn her heel because Charlotte's your baby face, then you have to do some stuff to actually get Charlotte some sympathy for people to actually accept this. And, like, there were so many other things they could have done. They could have they could have had uh, Carmella backdoor the way out of the title because uh, Becky and Charlotte ultimately cost each other. And then over the long run, you show Becky more or less starting to show dissension and turning on her, yeah. on Charlotte. It started evolving and it started to become unlikable. They didn't do that. She was always likable. She was this likable, lovable person, and then she slaps somebody, and then shows up on Tuesday, and says like, "I got fucked over," which she kind of did. This like, this is like, this is almost like the Bret Hart, like, um, this is bullshit. Yeah, it's pretty much it's like that. It's, it's like that. It's like, uh, it's like the AJ Styles like chasing for months and months leading up to WrestleMania 33 to get his title back that he lost, even though he never gets a fair shake. Like you keep screwing this person over and over and over again, and then you expect us to feel you want to boo this person that is literally working from underneath to try to get to accomplish their goals. Like they're the protagonist. They're the baby. They're the protagonist of the story. Like they, there, there's a. It's like there is something they're trying to achieve, and there is adversity put at, put before them, and then they're trying to overcome the adversity. Sounds like a sounds like a hero's quest to me. I don't know. I I think that this is one of the most short sighted, tone deaf heel turns that they've ever made, and it's like linked directly to Sasha and Bailey. It's like, oh my God. what are they doing with all these women in general? And that kind of leads us into our next uh, topic, like seeing these matches that are coming out of evolution that are rumored is evolution mids 
Like, because I'm looking at it, Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella, Trish Stratus versus Alexa, and there was an Oscar versus Lita rumor, which, you know, I'm not sure. That just popped up on Twitter. Now, I let y'all know when this show was announced that if it sucked, I'm going to tell you it sucked. I'm not going to be here cheerleading for the women because they're women's having a wrestling show. I go to women's wrestling shows all the time that are good. It's called Shine. There's no reason WWE can't come out here and produce. And if they put bullshit out, do not come crying in the comments. Do not come at me on Twitter saying I'm disrespecting the women. I am disrespecting the show. I will judge the show that they have. And it looks like they bought to have some bullshit, James. And the part that's so frustrating about it is the fact that as much talent as they have, they can have a fucking takeover level match or show if they wanted to, but they're choosing not to. Like, they are choosing to have women's WrestleMania, and I don't mean that as a compliment. I mean motherfucking part-timers coming in here that haven't worked in forever, busty as fuck, coming out here having matches with other motherfuckers that, like, are, you know, are the people they're trying to push at the time right now as opposed to, you know, the best wrestlers they have on the roster they are doing the best work. Like, Sasha Banks and Bailey don't know what the fuck they're doing. Asuka, First time I've seen her, and this is my fourth we watched, this is my first time seeing her, her helping to stop this Becky and Charlotte uh, pull-apart thing. That's the first time I've seen her. Uh, Ember. Ember's in these six mans with, with uh, I guess, the boss of her connection, taking take L's. I don't know, man. Like, I, at this point right now, the only, thing like that I'm looking forward to, the only thing that I'm looking forward to right now is the matches I know they're going to be good, which are the uh, NXT Women's Match and the Mae Young Classic Final. Um, and hopefully they can put they can pull their hands out their asses and, and you know fill out the rest of this card appropriately to actually um, give them to actually give us a card that makes people want to buy into this and also buy into it in the future for a, a future show. Like the work, the last thing I want, the last thing I want is for them to give it be given this opportunity and then be given um, and then be given this is a bad card and then when it when it turns out to be bad it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and they're just like well see the one we gave the woman a shot and it didn't work out yeah. but that you gotta give them a shot you're putting you're out here cutting you're out here cutting down or yeah i mean you're just like you're just completely watering down the product and you didn't have to do this especially for the first time ever they could have had a they could have had a stat card it doesn't look like that right now I, i'm very concerned like i'm not saying that i'm not saying that true strategy is a bump she's not uh, I'm not saying that Nikki Bella's a bum. She's not. I'm not saying Alexa's a bum. She's not. But when you, when you, but we're gonna see. And like, given what Alexa Bliss's track record is, given what Nikki Bella's track record has been, there's nothing. To, there's nothing that suggests that those matches are gonna be like they're they're the top bill matches. Nothing that suggests that their top bill matches are going to be good. Nothing that suggests that. Nothing. And I'm not about to come out here on Twitter and lie to y'all and pretend like it's good when it's not. And y'all gonna see plenty of that. I I guarantee it. Like if this show's like, a bomb. Like okay, so we know where the top two matches are right now, and what what a third one might be. But let's just stick on the first one, the top two matches, right? Yeah. You look at the top of that car with, with Rousey, who is in her in the middle in the middle of her first year of, of, of being a pro, her first six months of being a pro wrestler. Yeah. And and you put her in there with Nikki, who has neck issues, hasn't only wrestled one match in the last two years, um, that Royal Rumble, and then you throw the whole Trish, thing. Who hasn't wrestled, you throw, you the, throw the whole Trish thing also with Nikki Bella. People just hating the sight of her. 
Well, I think that's also people hating their guts because the word got out that like she's going to be in the main event, and they, they, and they and they smelt the bullshit was coming. I think that's I think that a lot of that has to do with that too. But I mean, granted, she wasn't going to get cheered in Brooklyn no way anyway. Um, but I think it was extra because they heard about they heard wind of what the main event was going to be. But and then on the other end, you have uh, you have Trish who hasn't worked in forever. You have Alexa who is just a just a mediocre wrestler. So you run the risk of like best case scenario, this is a WCW pay per view. Great undercard, <laughs> great undercard, top the money matches shit. That's the best case scenario for the show. And you know what the worst case scenario is? Hey, you yeah. you you May Young Finals uh classic uh finals. We we we're gonna assign an agent to your match that oh yeah, your match is only getting ten minutes. Oh yeah. Also, we don't want y'all to take the focus off uh, everyone on top. We want you guys to put some chin locks on. We want y'all to just wrap that shit up real quick. Yeah, that's a that's a real risk. It's like, like there's not a chance. I mean, I know I don't want to spoil it for those that don't know, but like I know who's going to be in the May Young Classic final because obviously the spoilers are out there, and there is not a there is not a chance in fuck that if. Given left to their own advisory, left to Mayon Classic standards devices or NXT standard uh, devices, that that match will be anywhere like those two bill matches, the top matches are going to be anywhere in the same stratosphere as uh, as that Mayon Classic final. Let alone uh, what what Kyrie Sane does on the Mayon Classic or, or sorry, Mayon, on, on Evolution with whoever else, whether it's uh, Bianca Belair because I've seen them have a four star match, or with Shayna who I've also seen her have two uh, great matches with. So. I'm, I'm, and you know, and then you throw in like, what the hell happens with the horsemen, or the WWE horsewomen, and it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't a lot know. of questions, a lot of questions, and you know, I, I'm concerned about Sasha Banks um, and Bailey if they're going to be stuck in some type of tag team uh, deal. If it's you know, women's tag team titles coming, which really don't light my world on fire. I don't. You know, just really like, you know, see is just one more thing to keep uh, folks busy, I feel like, rather than, you know, focusing on your actual stars uh, or your best people. Um, kind of worried about it. And I I just hope that I don't have to come out here and be the bearer of bad news. So, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Yes, <laughs> if, if you want us to keep it a buck, we will. Um, something else I'm gonna keep it a buck about the shield is back. So, uh, Seth Rollins and, and Dean Ambrose will be ro- raking Roman Reigns' leaves, um, they will be taking his trash out, they will be cleaning his bathroom, they will be making sure uh, the big dog is nice and comfortable in his crib. Yeah. Uh, the big, the big dog likes crushed ice in his beverages yes yes um yes they 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 have made these dudes uh they have linked these dudes back up with this dude to protect this dude and to help make sure this dude don't get booed by everybody else and then also to okay no this is it these dudes are here to protect these dude this dude from that dude Ron Strowman. Do you get this dude like bro it was a oh hot angle God. that that closed Monday night raw not yes, gonna doubt was. not gonna doubt that but this is wind aid this is protection this is bro i i 
I just saw it and I was like, I, I can't believe this. Did they really turn the shield heel? But then, no, they're not turning the shield heel. This is supposed to be um, an act of heroism, uh, beating somebody three on one. Um. <laughs> imagine, imagine, just imagine, Rich. Just, I, I just want you. I just want you to close, like, like Kanye said on, um, or, you know, Kanye before we had to get rid of him or let or let him go. Yes. But just close your eyes and imagine, right? Yeah. Feel the magic, right? And just imagine if Roman Reigns had this kind of care and protection and and thoughtfulness as far as um them trying to book him in angles uh, because he's the top because he's the top star or he's or you know that kind of thing. Imagine they took that kind of care. Uh, four years ago with him and imagine how over he would be with everybody if they actually took some care and realized like there's pot, there's potholes in the road we have to avoid this we have to avoid that and we have to be careful of this and that because we understand our fans can smell when there's when, when they're being manipulated and they won't put up in there and like if it's if it's whack they just won't put up with it right just imagine if they took that amount of time they took a full year yeah not a full year if they had took from they took eight months, the eight months or so, to get him all the way through um, the back half of 2014 through Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. In, uh, in, in, at WrestleMania 31. Imagine they took that, that same kind of care that they tried to do to get this dude cheered left and right, right? Imagine how over he would be right now. He would have, he I, I feel like at right, this point, he would have been bigger than Cena. They fucked this up. And they and they all the brain power and all the trying and all the smart stuff they do to get this dude to get like cheer for five seconds or cheer for five minutes and, and just to get through it as opposed to if they had done the work before then and just instead of, as opposed to just recklessly shotgunning this fucker up like in a, in like in less than a year when he wasn't ready at the time. Right. It would be so. It would have been so much better. And and he, dude is good. Like that match he had with with with, uh, with Finn, Finn Balor. It's proof of this. It's just proof of how good this dude is now. And the fact that, like, you don't have to hide him from the mic at all costs anymore. You don't have to do that no more. He's ready. He's the guy. He's actually the guy that they thought that they actually vision for him, but they fucked this dude up three years ago, and the crowd will not let Ever. this shit go. Ever. And and now and, and it's to the point where, like, you know why? I don't know, I don't, I don't know how many people. I don't know how many people left that are actually like, you know what? I hate, I still hate Roman Reigns. Or whatever else, as opposed to, gee, I feel bad for this dude at certain points, but like WWE fucked him up, and like I'm not, and I'm not down with being force fed. Uh, the shit is after, has been rejected, so I'm just gonna go along, and it's a cool thing to do to boo this dude. Like there is a lot of it's a cool thing to boo Roman Reigns in in this in this in this section of people that, that just boo him every time he comes out. Like, but and I, and other things I understand it because it's like we ain't dumb, and you try to play us for fools. Look, man, um, now they tried this last year. Um, they tried to get this, but obviously it fell apart because Roman yeah. Reigns got the mumps and Dean Ambrose got his arm hemmed up. <laughs> um, Yes. They, they put the vest on Kurt Angle. They put the vest on Triple H. Oh my gosh. They they was literally by the you know, remember that run the run the point guard for the Miami Heat? Remember that? Yes. It was like yes. it was like be Roman Reigns for a night, like yes. <laughs> with the shield. Yeah. And yes, like they was out here it was out here treating uh Triple H and, and uh and, like make a wish kids. 
No, they was treating Kurt Angle and Triple H like they was Carlos Arroyo and Mike Diddy. Because <laughs> they was old. And Eddie, and, and Eddie House. Because they were old. Anybody, please just, 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 please just, just be able to just fill out the uniform. Can you fill out the uniform? Yes. Fine. Put a vest on and we go come out here and get and get cheered like in a monster pop. Um, yeah, man. I, you know. But, so, you know, I, so I just, they might, you know, try to do a breakup angle with the Shield. But, bro, for me, the match is still Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. I don't know how this. I don't think we're going that direction now with this thing. Um, the Universal Title. It's good to see it back on Raw and all that. But um, yeah. as I was saying on Chad's podcast, I think so many people got worked by this Brock Lesnar thing. Brock doesn't book his own schedule. Like right. <laughs> Brock Lesnar <laughs> will show up whenever they want him to. Like, think about this, right? They always talk about this whole thing, like, they understand it's a TV show, but then they work themselves in believing that Brock Lesnar doesn't give a shit uh, because, as if, like, you know, like, Vince won't just be like, yeah, you know what, we're done, we'll cancel this contract, or we'll buy you out, or we just won't renew it. Do you think, like, Vince is okay? Like, I, I like I honestly think that Vince is out of, is just out of touch and doesn't remember the shit he does, so he just looks by the seat of his pants, and he has, and he has, like, less than a handful of goals he, ha- he actually has planned for, like, the long term, which is, like, 18 months down the road or whatever, like, what he has over or whatever else, but so he just basically books why to see his pants from that point forward to try to get to the next pay-per-view. Um, there, so, but I think mostly like he's just out of touch and like he's out of touch. And that's, and this is the kind of stuff we have where you have the Becky thing, for example, and where we are with Roman Reigns, as opposed to, I want to do this. I want to do this stuff. And I want to make people actually upset about how bad the show is from time to time, because it's five hours of programming. I think he's just a dude that's trying his best, but his best just ain't good enough on his own because he doesn't because he's a micromanaging monster and he needs to come off that and learn how to delegate out to other people that are competent at their jobs. I, I mean, I really think that's what it is. I don't know why you would think that. Oh yeah, he's just evil motherfucker that actually wants to like make you you know want to die on watching his product. It's bad business. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think they actively try to suck. It just happens. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, man, but yeah. Final thoughts on uh, final thoughts on uh, the Shield uh, reunion. What did you make of the the actual thing that happened uh, with them stopping Braun Strowman and you know the fall program going forward with it? I can't remember last time was all. This is the best fall program since Daniel Bryan chasing down the Authority. Uh, I have to think about that. That, That you're probably right. Because the, 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 no. the only other one is what Seth trying to chase down Triple H who's never there. Yeah, that ain't no. Rollins, <laughs> yeah. Rollins had so many problems as babyface. Then it definitely wasn't last year. Um, it definitely wasn't 2015. Where, what you gonna say? What, what Kevin? What Kevin was is Shane? Fuck no! Like, hell no. Um, Jinder Mahal? Fuck no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you probably got a point there. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. I hope Braun Strowman uh, doesn't get fucked again uh, for Roman Reigns because he's been moved out the way for the man about five times in his career. So there are actually people that are saying Braun Strowman is the chosen one out here on the internet, James. Did, did you know that? Did you know that? No, I did not. Yes. Uh, uh, even though this guy has been, you know, he wrestled with a 10-year-old child at WrestleMania, James. Uh, 
Not even that, right? Let's do this, right? Big four pay-per-views. How many main events have Big Four pay-per-views of Strowman have been in? Two? No, three. Main event of SummerSlam last year. No, I'm sorry, two. He was in he was in the main event in the four way of SummerSlam last year. And yep. then he was in the main event of Survivor Series last year as well. But other than that, I don't think he's been he's not been a main event of a single uh, big four pay per views since he's been on the main roster. So that's two, right? We've also detailed uh, the elaborate, not the elaborate fuck job like AJ Styles got uh, a year ago, but <laughs> he got his own um, shoved down the card, or as you said, he got doused with water uh, earlier this year after the Elimination yeah. Chamber. Yep. Yeah, so. so, like, I mean, if you want to say that he's, I mean, he's a guy that's pushed and protected, absolutely, but the chosen one? You know, but we all see, we all saw Elimination Chamber this year, and we saw who the fuck won, right? Yeah. Okay then. Um, and we also saw what happened when they, when those two faced off each other. The pay per view right before WrestleMania, the year before that too as well. And you saw who the fuck won then too, right? It seems to me like these are number one and two guys in the company, and then one guy beats the other fucking guy, and then goes on the main event WrestleMania, where the other guy gets gets told to get like the Red Cross. That's what it sounds like every okay, year. Thank you. Um, <laughs> one one dude got the belt, and the other one got the briefcase. So yeah. you, you tell me. Um, one guy, look, one guy got the belt, and the other one just wore an ass whooping. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, that's going to wrap the show up. Uh, about 90 minutes here uh, this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, special, you know, weeks where the pay-per-views and all that. So, going forward, uh, like I said, we've got the new show on Lords of Pain uh, Radio where we will be detailing SmackDown and Raw every segment of every show. I'm, I got a couple ideas I got to run by with James. I'll probably have some new theme music. I don't know if I'm going to rap on it yet. I'll probably just put a beat out uh, with it. And um, yeah, right. You gonna rap? Uh, I don't know. You know? You don't know? No, no, no. You gonna rap? <laughs> oh man, I gotta figure something rapper, out. What kind of shit is that? The rapping ass rapper don't don't want to rap. You gonna rap? Nah, man. We gonna we gonna flip. We gonna let James <laughs> rap this time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you guys check, uh, rate the shows uh, real high and all that. You know who's on the network. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, this show uh, going forward, we're going to make it kind of our more informal show. It'll, it'll still have some structure to it, but, you know, if it's if it goes a little long, uh, we'll be doing it there. Uh, LOP Radio gets Raw and SmackDown going through. That show drops on Tuesdays. Maybe we'll push this show back to like Saturdays where we recorded. I haven't like really thought about it yet, but yeah. Um, Paula, we getting up out of here. I've gone on too long and rambled. Um, enjoy uh, Vince McMahon's and what he pulls out his dirty draws, as James will say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say dirty draws. I didn't say draws. You, just, you made it just so completely else. But yeah, later, y'all.